Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is the man himself in the beautiful state of Iowa, my brother, Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports. And once again, it is a spectacular week to be a Cyclone as the men's basketball team has most recently knocked off number seven, University of Texas. Nick, how are you doing tonight, my brother? You know, it's a pretty good time to be here. You are spot on. The Cyclones are rolling. Overall, doing very well. Just celebrated a bit of a birthday. And now it's great to be talking some football with you coming up ahead of one of at least one of my top two to three favorite football weekends of the year. Nick, these first two weekends of the NFL playoffs are something truly special as we are seeing matchups unfold and our predictions actually go awry in a couple of those matchups from weekend one. But playoff football is a thing of beauty. And we saw some absolute surprises, especially on the AFC side between the Chargers and Jaguars in the Super Wildcard weekend. And now we roll on to the divisional round where the matchups only get harder and teams are seeing some very familiar foes down the line in these playoffs. So, folks, strap on for a very special episode. And, of course, happy belated 27th to the man across the screen from me. And as always, jump All right, Nick. Before we head into the divisional round, previewing the games ahead, we have to recognize some truly astonishing football that took place last weekend. Namely, The Chargers and Jaguars absolute thriller on Saturday night. I thought the game was done in the second quarter. I was sitting downtown Milwaukee at Panther Arena watching the current first place Milwaukee Panthers live in the flesh as I thought the Chargers game was a total snooze fest, completely one-sided. The Chargers were dominating in the first half, up 27-0 in the second quarter. And Trevor Lawrence looked as if he had no business playing in the National Football League. Four interceptions in the first half, three of them going to one man into Sante Samuel Jr. That game looked like it was a wrap from Jump Street. And the Jaguars completely flipped it in their positive direction with an all-time second-half performance from the second-year man at quarterback and a remarkably well-coached game by the Super Bowl champ, Doug Peterson. I want to hear your thoughts on that game as it was truly the highlight of the weekend in the world of sports. Yeah, so that was a pretty crazy comeback. We were both, you know, out or on the road a little bit. I was coming back from Bog Allen Fieldhouse. And honestly, we we went, you know, to grab some dinner. And I thought, oh, I see the score early. I don't really need to be kind of locked into this right now. 
you know, I was a passenger on the way back. I'm texting you. I'm like, no way is this happening. Now, I think it's cool for a couple reasons. One, you know I want the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. So I think it makes their path to get to the AFC Championship a little bit easier. Two, Doug Peterson just seems like such an awesome guy. Obviously a Super Bowl winning coach, even though that team was good, but I'm not sure on paper it was necessarily a Super Bowl winning roster. But I think we hurt a little bit for Justin Herbert. Definitely one of my favorite players in the league. He wasn't terrible. He he wasn't terrific. And obviously he didn't get a ton of help. There were a lot of injuries to that roster this year. I still think overall it's a good to really good roster. I think this is going to be a massive offseason for them. Obviously some little shakeup within the staff. But it was truly something you don't see often in the NFL, especially in the playoffs when it's winner go home and, you know, a comeback like that, pretty improbable. Nick, you truly summed it up perfectly. And what I thought was glaring was an all-time collapse in that second half. They played conservatively on offense in both the third and fourth quarters. And you're absolutely right about Herbert. We love him. He is a budding star in this league. And he kind of just had an average game with a great deal of help from his defense in that first half, giving him a short field and the ability to just hand the ball off to Austin Eckler, who had a remarkable game himself. I don't blame Herbert. I don't blame the Chargers' defense because they pitched a near shutout in the first half as the Jaguars scored late in the second quarter. I blame Brandon Staley I genuinely do not understand why he still has a job in the National Football League. I think their offensive coordinator was not necessarily the issue on Saturday night. They had to fire somebody, and they made it him when it really should have been the man in charge, head coach Brandon Staley. Horribly mismanaged second half in that football game. Way too conservative play calling and they allowed touchdown after touchdown. There is no reason why an NFL team should lose a football game after leading by four possessions in the same game. It's preposterous, and that team needs an overhaul in the staff. It boggles my mind that Brandon Staley is still the man in charge. So, Nick, moving on. And we can kind of rapid fire these in terms of wildcard weekend, recapping those before we go on to the very special divisional round. You and I had four out of six games correct, which is wildly impressive. We both were confident in the Buccaneers and the Chargers. Obviously, the Chargers was the right pick. They had every opportunity to win that football game, and they squandered it. And the Buccaneers were going off of our entire lives based on what Tom Brady has been able to do in the playoffs 
and Dak Prescott and those Dallas Cowboys showed up under the bright lights on the road and pitched, honestly, a perfect game from wire to wire. Dak Prescott honestly looked as good as I've ever seen him at the highest level. Got a great deal of help from Tony Pollard, who could be a number one running back on any team in this league. I think he has become the number one option in Dallas, but still a two-headed monster with Ezekiel Elliott. That game was a stunner, and I have to, absolutely have to tip my cap to the G-Man. We called our shot, Nick. We knew the Minnesota Vikings were fraudulent. That negative point differential in the regular season proved to be detrimental in the most important game of them all, a postseason home game where they got absolutely rolled by Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. That defense got exposed from the get. And the Giants deserved every bit of that win up in Minneapolis. Yeah, I think there's, you know, so much kind of good to look ahead to. I do think we get a little credit for the Giants pick. I wasn't quite as confident as you were in the Buccaneers, but I do believe uh, we both picked them over the Cowboys. And quite honestly, I know we're going to kind of get into uh, pretty quickly, you know, more of the focus of this weekend. But, man, I was texting our friend Brady during that Cowboys game. That was the best team of the weekend. And granted, I know the Buccaneers aren't that good, but they've got too much on their roster to have played that poorly. I think Kellen Moore called just a fantastic A-game Dak was an A-plus. I mean, he was truly making things look easy out there. And you know I like Dak. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of good friends. I have a little bit of love for the Cowboys. And you know with my schedule, you know, getting a little social stuff in, covering basketball and a big work weekend, I won't be able to watch everything. I cannot wait for Cowboys 49ers. I think... And I know we'll circle back to it because I believe it's the last game of the weekend. But I think that could be an all-timer, brother. Nick, I don't know the last time I've been this excited for a playoff matchup. Of course, excluding any Bears games that have come about in the last few years. Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers throwing it back to the 1990s, an all-time rivalry in the postseason. During the Steve Young and Troy Aikman era. That is going to be an all-time thriller. And you know darn well that I am pulling heavily with number 13, QB1 of the San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy, the Iowa State legend turned phenom at the highest level. Last pick in the draft and has gone undefeated in his tenure as QB1 of the Niners. It's a home game at Levi's Stadium. That is by far and away the marquee matchup of the weekend. And I honestly think 
the games are a bit lopsided as both of those Sunday matchups are what everyone's going to be tuning into with the countless storylines going into Bills and Bengals in the afternoon on Sunday. But you mentioned it earlier, Nick, your Chiefs have just about the easiest path to the Super Bowl with the Jaguars stealing one last weekend. Yeah, thank you, bro. Uh, first off, just on, on Purdy, a really cool story, even outside of Iowa State. I just tried to dig into it a little bit more this week, and I feel like what he's done, even with the roster around him, it really is impressive. I mean, you know I was going crazy sitting in the Kansas media room last weekend when the greatest athlete of our generation, LeBron James, tweeted about this guy. That was pretty special. Certainly something cool to see. And you're right. I feel like this is a game not a ton to touch on. I like how the Jags, they seem to be building things really well. All the respect to Doug Peterson. Truly, that's an incredible job what he did in year one. Trevor Lawrence, I wasn't a huge Trevor Lawrence fan in college, and I've grown to be uh, more of one. I do think he can still be really good. <laughs> Hell of a second half last weekend, but I just feel like I don't believe Mahomes is the you know greatest of all time or anything, but he's the most talented quarterback that I've ever seen. I've grown to like him more by the year. The fantasy football doesn't hurt. And I just feel like, geez, another week for these guys at home. You know, they're pretty healthy. Uh, like I said, at Arrowhead, not like they need more motivation, but I don't think Lawrence did himself any favors talking about the sound levels at Arrowhead this week. Not a, you know, certainly not a gambling man, but if I were to be, I think the Chiefs cover that, I, I think, eight, eight and a half easily. Quite honestly, I could see them winning by 14 or 15 points. I just feel like both teams have everything to play for. Chiefs are simply better, more well-rested, and at home. Nick, I was just going to say that. You stole the words right out of my mouth. You mentioned how the Chiefs are healthy, and they are also well-rested after having the bye week uh, in the beginning of the playoffs here. It's another home playoff game for the Chiefs as they have simply every year since Patrick Mahomes has been under center. They don't have trouble in these early games of the playoffs. It's once they get on to the AFC Championship where things may get a little bit difficult. But that spread has actually risen to nine points as of our recording, and I think it's going to be an absolute beatdown in front of the home crowd. It might be close early in the first half, just because of the momentum that the Jaguars are rolling with, but in the second half, Patrick Mahomes is going to strap it up and put that game away. I'm anticipating a two-plus touchdown performance from Travis Kelsey and the doors getting blown off the joint with the home crowd having a pre-AFC championship celebration, and that one being taken care of rather quickly into the night. 
as it kicks off at 3.30 Central Time. Yeah, I know he's not, you know, your favorite player. I don't think you dislike him. But the fact that more than likely he's going to be playing in an AFC championship every year he's been the starter is just insane. But I love a point you made five or six minutes ago, actually. It is the best football weekend of the year. But Sunday's games, and this is meant to happen, but it's just so much better this weekend. The other one is Giants-Eagles. Very similarly, Saturday, Eagles are the one seed. I think there are some people that kind of have their doubts. I think healthy with Jalen Hurts, they can beat just about anyone. One thing I will say is the Giants are tough and physical enough to make this thing close. I don't think the Vikings are that much less talented than the Eagles, and obviously we saw what just happened. I think Dable is a really good coach. I like what I've seen from Sirianni. This one just, to me, I think Philly's going to be really ready in terms of the fans and, and kind of the uh, the volume and things of that nature. But to me, they have the maybe the best two players on the field in Jalen and A.J. Brown. Saquon, I'd certainly put, you know, in that kind of category, but I'm not sure who's going to lock down A.J. And I just feel like there's some other layers here, too, like James Bradbury now with the Eagles, used to be with the Giants. Giants don't have a lot of great receivers. Darius Slay is going to be ready. I don't think it gets quite as bad as Jags Chiefs. Like, I think we agree that could be a two-touchdown spot. But I don't think this one is too close into the second half, brother. Nick, I absolutely love your insight on the NFC East playoff matchup between the Giants and Eagles. I will say this. I am a massive fan of Giants head coach Brian Dable. He is a huge reason why Josh Allen has been so successful in the early portion of his career up in Buffalo as he was the offensive coordinator most recently before taking the Giants head coaching job. What I am afraid of with these G-men, who I will actually be pulling for, and that's no slight to the Philadelphia Eagles. They've just been the talk of the NFL for months now, and I'm ready for a new story. I am afraid that Brian Dable absolutely emptied the clip last week to ensure a victory and propel themselves forward and face a familiar foe in the Eagles, which could be let down territory for one of the biggest markets in the NFL when we're talking about the Giants. On the Philadelphia side of things, we haven't seen this team healthy in a long time, almost a month and change at this point. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be ready to go, and that defense has been stifling all season long. The Eagles at full strength are scary, and I want them to advance because the two best teams in the NFC deserve to be in that championship, and that will hopefully be the 49ers and Eagles down the road. Rounding out the show here, Nick, storylines galore up in Buffalo on Sunday afternoon. Bills and Bengals, two ridiculously high-powered offenses with Joe Burrow at the helm for the Bengals. 
Super Bowl runner-up. And Josh Allen, who is one of the most electrifying players I've ever had the privilege of watching in the National Football League. I am extremely confident that the Buffalo Bills are going to get that crowd to truly set noise-level records at Highmark with likely trotting out DeMar Hamlin. You have to bring him out if he's healthy enough because this is the matchup where he went down on Monday Night Football with one of the scariest stoppages and injuries we've ever seen. It was the biggest news story worldwide when it occurred. And that transcends sports. DeMar Hamlin, there's no way he's not in attendance on Sunday afternoon. And the Buffalo Bills will be playing for their brother in Hamlin. And I'll be the first to tell you, they disappointed against Miami last week. They let the Miami Dolphins, led by Skylar Thompson, the third-string QB, they let them all the way to the closing minutes of the fourth quarter be part of that game. 34-31, to 31, that is atrocious. This is, I don't think it's possible in the playoffs, but this is a get-right game for the Buffalo Bills, a tune-up to hopefully get to the AFC Championship against your Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if you can have a get-right game in the playoffs because you have to be on your best when you get to this point in the season, but you can't play that tight of a game to the Miami Dolphins who have been depleted in the last few months. So this game is, again, a marquee matchup, but are the Bills ready, and can they ignite that home crowd with so much on the line and not get too excited looking ahead to Kansas City? Now, this has the makings of another really good game. The Bengals, I feel like, disappointed a little bit last week, too, though the Ravens are very tough, and and I like how some of that defense played. But, look, one guy who who I think more highly of this year than I did before is Joe Burrow. I, I really enjoyed his LSU team. I felt there was a little too much hype on him early in the NFL. We know what he did last year, but, man, that dude is a gamer. And, and I, I feel like there are so many weapons there, at least playmakers on the defense. I'm not sure that unit scares me. I was a little surprised this line is where it is. I thought it'd be a little bit closer to three or four, especially because, like you smartly mentioned, the Bills did not look good at all for much of the second half last week. That is a game I got to see a lot of, especially late. I think if a healthy Tua plays that game or Teddy or really anybody else, I feel like the Dolphins win that game. So I, I disagree with you a little bit on, on kind of the, the get right portion. The Hamlin aspect you you made a point of is very interesting. I didn't really think about that other than the obvious matchup that we saw. But I, I think it just comes down to who's better. I, I think I still trust the Bills roster. And I, I like a lot of what McDermott can do, I think, as head coach. So I think this could be a game of the weekend, potentially. I'll still lean with that top NFC one. But this should certainly go down to the fourth quarter. 
I mean, the Bengals' offense is potent. I just feel like Buffalo and their defense, I think the Bills probably win. Give me like a 30-27, I actually think there will be a lot of touchdowns in this one. Nick, I honestly love both of these quarterbacks in the AFC, of course, giving the edge to Josh Allen, the man himself. But these two teams took opponents to the wire, both who were starting backup quarterbacks in Tyler Huntley and Skylar Thompson. That's unacceptable in these big moments. Of course, there's a little bit of luck that went into Hubbard's length of the field touchdown, but you have to be in the right place in the right time to make that play. That being said, the Baltimore Ravens were knocking on the door to tie it up and potentially send that game into overtime. These are two teams that did not look ready for postseason play last week. So I think it's going to be a dogfight. These are two quarterbacks that are prone to throw interceptions. Their talent certainly outweighs those concerns of throwing picks because they are some of the league's best playmakers. But you have to. You absolutely have to roll with the home team here. The Buffalo Bills are destined to at least reach the AFC Championship. They've been my pick for the Super Bowl since August. And I will continue to rock with them until I see something glaring to take me off that train. And maybe that will be the case against Kansas City Chiefs, but Joe Burrow is not making another trip to the AFC Championship or Super Bowl this year. The Bengals are not a good enough team to earn those spots. Now, we went into the last game of the weekend a decent amount, but not sure we necessarily made our picks. I think that we've agreed so far. I'm maybe a little higher on the Bengals because your man, Josh Allen, he is a bit of a turnover machine, I hate to say, but he actually is. I believe he now leads the league in overall turnovers, certainly overall turnovers, believe interceptions as well. Uh, over guys like Matt Ryan had a bad stretch, but Dak was up there for a while. Who do you have, brother, in the last game of the weekend? Cowboys at Niners. I love what you said about the rivalry. And in my opinion, the team that looked the best in the NFL last week, the Dallas Cowboys. Nick, this is the game. This is the one where you make the popcorn at least 40 minutes before kickoff. Lay out a beautiful spread on the coffee table. Crack open an RC Cola and make sure you find the right spot on the couch. This is the game that I have been waiting for. And I will not waver from the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, Dak Prescott looked as good as I've seen him in the National Football League. Everything was clicking for that Cowboys offense. Dalton Schultz looked like an all-pro tight end. Two touchdowns on Monday night. Tony Pollard might be the most explosive back in football right now. Maybe Saquon Barkley can carry that crown for a little bit longer. 
But Tony Pollard is a young talent in this league that never seems to have a negative play. So I will give that credit to the Dallas Cowboys. But the San Francisco 49ers are my NFC team. You mentioned it earlier, Nick. Brock Purdy has been getting the job done. He had an ugly first half against the Seahawks last week and flipped it on its head and had a multiple touchdown performance. The difference in this game against the Cowboys is the Niners have a stifling defense. I could see them creating a great deal of pressure on Dak Prescott, forcing some three and outs. And who has the better players offensively? The Niners have that edge. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. The names are endless, and they're not just names. They are beyond talented. And this is no disrespect to my man Brock Purdy, but you could plug in a worse quarterback, and the Niners would still do well because of the talent around Brock Purdy and the offense that Kyle Shanahan runs. The Niners are my pick. I think it's going to be a close game, come down to the wire. But Purdy has to be the leader of this football team as he's been over the last two months. It's a home game. That helps a ton. San Francisco is going to show out, but we know Dallas travels very well. That is the game of the week. And I cannot wait to talk it over with you. Come next week, my brother. Though I don't always like his demeanor, I, I do like Kyle Shanahan. I think he's a really good offensive mind. I really do. You're almost making me change my pick with those weapons. But what fun is this if we don't pick a little upset? I think, you know, the Seahawks defense had a little bit of success. And that's not because of Purdy at all. I feel like overall he played a really good game. Still pretty turnover-free. I just, I'm a Dak fan, and I saw something in him last week that I just didn't recognize. I think this is going to be a terrific game. You scare me with McCaffrey. I did forget about that aspect, but I'm not going to go back on my pick. I think it's going to be a great game. 49ers, I think they're the better team. I know they've got the better roster. Something about old Mike McCarthy has me rolling with the Cowboys. So I'm going to say a little upset with Dallas. They go into San Fran, head to the NFC Championship for an all-NFC East battle. Nick, I honestly don't think you could write it any better. You're drafting up the script as we speak here, but I cannot stray away from these 49ers. I've fallen in love with them and the cyclone in me has to roll with Brock Purdy until the end of time. And that little something you saw in Dak Prescott last week, I finally figured out what it was. Dak Prescott, the game came easy to him against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have been known historically to have such a strong defensive unit and was a huge reason why they won the Super Bowl just a couple years ago. But Dak Prescott found success 
with no problem at all moving the ball down that field. That is what I noticed. He had a second gear that he reached to put that game away. And the game was simple to him. It was as if his wide receivers and tight ends were open by a mile, and some of them actually were. That is a concern for me with these 49ers. Can they take away options for Dak Prescott? Can they force him to throw the ball away and take a few sacks? I think it's certainly possible. They have one of the best pass rushers in the league, if not the best this year, in Nick Bosa. The best. This is the game of the weekend, folks, and I could talk about it for hours. But we have to move on to the weekend and enjoy these football games. So, Nick, thank you so much for joining me. I'll be seeing you soon enough in the flesh. And, folks, be on the lookout just about a month from now as I'll be making the great voyage out to central Iowa to see these Iowa State Cyclones in honestly one of my favorite places on the planet, Hilton Coliseum. So thank you for tuning in, folks. And as always, just up, bear down forever.